Sentire Media. Hello and thank you so much for downloading our podcast from Italy. Today is the 6th of April. It's a late one today. Afternoon podcast. 440, oh, hello, boy cat. 440 in the afternoon after our very first uh, cooking class of the season. Yes, it was. Ciao tutti. I'm Ashley. I'm Jason. Together we run, own, operate, and live at La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo cooking school here in beautiful Piobico, Italia. It is, the sun is, of course, now coming out after storm and uh, no wind, just uh, spring rain this afternoon. Yeah, perfect timing. Our first cooking class to kick off the 2017 season. Pizza. Outside in the Fornolania, spring, it's been gorgeous. Well, today, we had a rain out, folks. <laughs> we had to do the whole class inside. Shuttle the pizzas in the rain outside. Never never done the pizza class in the kitchen. We made the, we stretched out the pizzas there and then threw, uh, threw them on a giant cutting board and just ran them out to the, uh, to the outdoor kitchen to the pizza oven. It worked. We made it work. The family were great. They had no idea. They had a blast. But, of course, now the sun is shining. (laughs) Well, so much has happened since uh, our last podcast. We have the entire house uh, open and ready. We did our first consulting workshop. Um, It was awesome. That was a huge success. I think it went really, really well. We practiced and studied and went over our material for weeks and then days and kind of had a script together of... Well, not kind of. No, we had a script of what we were going to say and make sure our stories were in order. We had broken everything down into three phases, timed it, and of course, everything ran long. One day, we didn't even have dinner until... 11 o'clock <laughs> but i remember asking one of the guests she came down Lori, in the morning oh god it's going great you guys this is fantastic i said i don't know is it is it the material is good or just the food we're pumping you full of food and tons of wine and she laughed a big billowing texan laugh and didn't quite answer <laughs> i'm not sure well but, we sure wined them and dined them oh my god i the menu was great you did poposa with polenta the poposa in the slow cooked in the oven overnight in the wood oven. Um, Easter coming up. Here's a, another uh, different lamb dish you can do. It's called paposa, which literally means peppered, and it's a slow cooked leg of lamb. So you have your butcher cut the leg with the bone in it on the bandsaw into maybe uh, big fat steaks, big fat ones, and um, you in a cast iron or like a like crusette, whatever, some hot, heavy, heavy pot. You would uh, make layers of the meat, salt, lots of black pepper, and then odori or herbs and whatever you want to put in there. I did rosemary, thyme, garlic, and juniper berries. And you just keep making layers and layers until you get three-quarters of the way up to the top of the pot, and then you cover it in red wine. I then stick it in the outdoor oven overnight, Um, but you would just do it in your oven really, really slowly. Uh, and the next day, it you take the meat out, you remove all the garlic and the and the juniper and all that stuff. Um, uh, separate side the tip, bones. Side tip. Side tip. What's that? Something you do with the rosemary in almost everything when you're baking with it, cooking with it, you leave it whole. 
Like, oh yeah, I hate rose. I I just let the rosemary fall off. That'll fall off, but I don't like the to chop it up at all. No, I think it, it doesn't make it as intense, but it's really good with a stem. So you take the uh, meat out of the wine, you separate all the bones, and it kind of shreds itself, and then you cook down that wine mixture a little bit until it, you know, you'll 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 cook it down a little, and you'll start tasting. It, you're like, oh, that's getting con. It gets all concentrated and all. It's not thick at all. It's still juicy, but. You'll, you'll cook it down for 20 or 30 minutes, and you'll be like, oh, okay, that's where it is. And then all, you can serve it over toast. Uh, we served it as a second plate with grilled polenta and the meat <laughs> and the juice together. But That was good. Um, that stick to your bones. It is stick to your bones. <laughs> Instead of the normal roasted leg of lamb, try, try paposa, something different. You also did the rabbit confit. That was beautiful. Confit of rabbit. And the one that, was, um, that I enjoyed doing the most mm-hmm. was the... Um, the salt called the bacala dish from Venice. What's the name of that? Menticato, I think. Yeah, we're n- all full of. <laughs> you never we... don't look that up. Whatever you do, <laughs> we we never. <laughs> I keep forgetting the name of that one. We should have looked it up before we started this. Well, but explain that's... what it was. So what it is is a salt cod that, um, of course, you have to soak salt cod for days and days and days and change the water, and then you boil it in milk and a bunch of. Uh, you know, parsley and peppercorns and bay leaf and water and all that stuff. And when it starts falling up, when the fish is cooked, you f- let it cool and flake it apart. And then a little bit of garlic, a little bit of lemon juice or lemon zest, um, and then a really, really light oil. I used grapeseed oil because if you use olive oil, it's much too heavy of a flavor and it just covers up the cod. Um, so... You start with a wire whip and you whip the fish as you drizzle the oil and it comes together into this like smoothie paste almost. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely delicious. And you wait and you add oil until you get this kind of sheen. You'll see it'll kind of get sheeny. And then you adjust your salt and pepper. I added a little bit of chive and what else? Maybe some parsley. I don't know. I don't remember either. (laughs) Um, and I served that in a uh, Roman artichoke heart that we, that we, that we just steamed. Um, and it was gorgeous with an anchovy on top. top. It is beautiful. Um, if anyone is from the New York city area and knows, um, what is it up on the upper, what is it? West side where you said it reminded you of some of the whitefish salads. Oh, it would give you like, it didn't taste like that, but it, for getting an idea of the, the consistency, the Christmas consistency is it almost like if you go to the bars. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to and get like the whitefish salad, it kind of has that consistency, uh, but not that smoky kind of, no, but New flavor. Yorkers will know exactly what we're talking about. Um, it was delicious. I'm going to add that one to the repertoire. <laughs> yeah. For spring. It is gorgeous. It, it was perfect. Cause it's not too heavy. And that was one that when you were practicing the, um, it, a couple of weeks ago, Gaji was here with Rosanna, his wife, and Jason was like, oh, he's, you know, first question in the door for dinner. Ah, what, what are we eating? You know, and uh, Jason's like, well, I've got this bacala dish I tried in Venice. So I want, I'm thinking about trying it out. And, oh, I've never heard of this. You know, it doesn't sound, I've never, I'd, I only eat bacala this way. Then the SOB, so Jason deserves it. <laughs> He eats his whole serving. Jason puts a little dish of the rest on the table. And Gaji, as soon as Jason turns his back, can't stop spooning it straight into his mouth. It was fantastic. Um, so, but we did, Gaji approved. Gaji approved. We did a lot. Um, we wind them. It was, not, it was different because with a group like this, I could plan all the meals ahead of time and really... Uh, I changed it up a little bit because I kind of feel, and I'm going to change it up this season, I think, a little bit because I always, 
thought that people come out to Italy to have the traditional, you know, the very, very traditional dishes of the area and not my interpretation or my, what, you know, my, they come out here for a certain thing. You give them what they want. Um, but after 10 years, the dishes are the same every single year. I got to switch it up a little At bit. At least for guests who have come back for something different, like this kind of consulting workshop. So I felt like they were coming out here to get it. Like, don't get me wrong. What I served was... But like, it's still Italian. It's still Italian. They're it's looking just, for a life in Italy. So you're just giving a taste of it, and a, diff- a Venetian taste of life in Italy. Yeah. Or like uh, the confit of rabbit. All right. Confit of rabbit is not really an Italian dish, no. per se, but still it's still good. good. It, this was actually also with this consulting workshop was um, normally in our daily routine. Jason finishes with dinner. He helps clean up. I mean, does a ton of the cleanup and all of that. And then once the kitchen's clean, dinner's done, I finish up with the guests. He'll go jump in the shower and kind of start to decompress after being on his feet. And I'll finish up the last rounds with the guests and evening you're chat. The, you're the entertainer. I'm the entertainment. And it's what I do. I love it. But uh, for this, Jason had to stay on. <laughs> well, not <laughs> because that there I had... was so much. Well, not like it he was had different. To. It was a totally different situation. Because I didn't put as mu- not that I didn't put as much effort. Dinner was it was a smaller group. Smaller group. So I didn't. It didn't take as much of my time. It wasn't. We're talking about eight versus twenty-two or something like that. And it wasn't a cooking class and then dinner. So dinner wasn't a problem to put together or execute. It was the. Um, being on the whole time, like after, like, wow, it was well, just so much of it me. is answering questions because that's a whole part. You know, everyone's got a million and one questions on how to move, and that's part of why we're doing this workshop. So it's that, and having a small group of eight to ten that you can really have that time with us and our friends and the other entrepreneurs and business people we have. And but I think it was great because Jason in the morning would just be as Gaji says cotto cooked because <laughs> it would be bedtime at one two and yeah we were getting we're to still bed not late. used to that yet this is our what we call our spring training and we're normally not full guns blazing full house uh, the first of April so no. I mean <laughs> we we op- we normally open around this time every year I mean we've had guests no- normally every year one or two bookings in March yeah. and into April but we'll open one or two rooms mm-hmm. we don't have the whole house open we don't have the flowers in we don't have the you know there's certain it's a soft open. Exactly. Not this year. This year is we are done. Like the trees are trimmed, the hedges are good. The the I'm going to clean the pool next this week. Um, the all flat, the rooms flowers, are it's just great. The we fixes are, are done. Go. We're good to go. So it's so we didn't have the spring training this year of having one or two guests at a time and mm-hmm. getting into it. And we went from going to bed at nine <laughs> o'clock at night every night and waking up at the crack of dawn and, and, you know, eating and sleeping right and doing all that to being up to one o'clock, one thirty in the morning and still waking up at the six thirty because we still have to put out breakfast for everyone the next morning. So I wasn't used to that. No, it's the reality and the luxurious life of an innkeeper. <laughs> it, now, if this was August, it'd be fine totally because you're different. just in that pattern pattern of staying up a little bit later, getting a good good nap in the afternoon and waking up early. It's not a problem, but whew. <laughs> yesterday I felt drunk all day I know. and I didn't have anything to drink. I just walked around in this like weird foggy haze. I know. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, the workshop was a fantastic success and I know I said it, but I'm repeating it again because we are announcing here on our <laughs> podcast for the first time that we are adding dates and we will be doing a second podcast or a second podcast, a second workshop on moving to Italy and starting a business 
October, October 20th to 24th. So check out the website. All the details are there. If you missed or couldn't attend the first one and or you, you were thinking, this is Italy calling out to you. It's yes. time to t- make the move, take the plunge, and really do it. You've been thinking about it. It's your crash course. <laughs> oh my gosh jason mentioned easter was coming with the uh poposa and i know we talk about this with like the panettone at christmas time but the easter eggs are covering every square extra inch of the grocery stores and they're not easter eggs like the ones little plastic eggs you see in america at the grocery store or little cadbury eggs they are oversized sometimes yes plastic but almost always chocolate uh, up to three feet tall and higher, huge chocolate eggs that with a gift inside. Well, let's, 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 and they're uh, wrapped in the, the cellophane. Cell- the mylar. 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 Yes, mylar. Like wild colors. And they're from all different types of distributors and chocolate makers. and From cheap Conad ones uh-huh. to... Perugia chocolate. Lint does one. Mm-hmm. And they most of them have a surprise inside. Now, the surprise can range to stupid, dumb trinkets or really expensive ones that, you know, one in 240. 20,000 is a car or something. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen ones with... A tennis bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also a very um, traditional thing to have a chocolate or make you your own mm-hmm. personalized egg and put something special inside. A gift, a mm-hmm. ring, a And they're or... labeled for boys and girls, too, which is really funny. So you can have a, you know, the car or truck and everything versus the little, I don't know barbie doll but it is they're just everywhere now um we should we'll put a we'll put a picture up we'll on take one we'll take a picture because they are literally like the panettone from floor to ceiling in every grocery <laughs> store shop everywhere and um gaji every year for his wife la rosana gets a giant egg and this is seriously over a meter tall and it's when it's on the table it's taller than her it's taller than her <laughs> and she doesn't even eat the chocolate because she gives it to, she gives, every year she gives me like three kilos of broken broken easter chocolate egg here I, I don't use it it's like then why does he buy it for it? anyway she's hysterical because she unwraps it very delicately and it's huge now this piece of mylar that you unwrap is like it's it's enormous it covers the whole table and it, the easter egg is uh on in this little plasticky cup so it can stand up by itself and she looks at it from all the different angles and with one karate chop Right down the middle, splits it in two perfectly, and then giggles madly as it after it it splits in two. She's so good. I've seen her because we spend Easter with them every year, and she does it every single year. She karate chops the egg perfectly in half. That's so true. Oh my gosh! I know. Get ready for her uh, chocolate booty to arrive. I know. We don't need to buy any. It's no. true. <laughs> oh my goodness! What else has been going on? Well. We've been vlogging, and I've been vlogging more than I've been posting, and I just have to say, goddamn Casey Neistat. Not that I am a huge fan of this guy, but he who, is an incredible... Who is, who is Casey Neistat? Well, that's what I was just going to say. He is a vlog, super-duper famous uh, YouTuber, and he makes these goddamn good vlogs and it's his editing and music and camera angles and constantly moving and changing and doing different things it ain't easy 
<laughs> I, I think been, Ashley's a little frustrated. With- I am. I'm really frustrated. I've never taken any classes or anything like that. So I'm trying to all learn on my own, but in the time that I have too, but I've been filming a ton and haven't put anything out the last two weeks because we've been so busy. I haven't gotten it to sync together in reality the way it was in my mind and which is really frustrating at times, or then the audio isn't right, or then we film a whole segment for got half an hour or so of Jason and I, and the lighting is all weird and shows up perfect on me and then weirdly white on Jason's face. And it's like, oh my God, dump it all. What a waste of time. So I have been filming. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to put together a vlog this week that is going to be not a bloopers reel, but don't make the cut or can't find a way to use it, but I still want to put it out there. And we've been practicing the drone a ton too. Um, when we had any off time. So Jason's been getting really good at both maneuvering and trying to film at the same time. I, it's still, it's hard to do. Not, it's hard, not totally hard to do both, but there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on and, and to use it as usable footage as well. It's and highly Jason highly recommends, um, and I would too, but he did the research into it. Um, the ND filter. If anyone's interested in a drone or the Mavic, it's um, oh, you can't you fly can't. it without. Well, I mean, you can fly it, but you won't get usable footage mm-hmm. without an it ND filter. It was tremendously helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, spring has sprung. Um, April is here. The uh, weather might be well now. The sun's now. It's a gorgeous of afternoon. Of course, because the guests um, are gone. <laughs> but I'm excited to get back into the garden. It's time to start a start. Really thinking about putting in everything. Gaji uh, is going to bring oh, the chopping uh, at the bit. He's going to bring the onions from Beppe Bianchini from Fano. Beppe, why? Normally we do this in May. Uh, he's going to bring them next week. Great. Uh, well, Beppe, I still don't know why. Beppe is an 89-year-old man who loves to dance and and loves uh, to start onions. And he's damn good at it. And he will bring uh, Gaji. Probably passes out two or 3,000 onions, <laughs> uh, little onion plants to, you know... Everyone. All the neighbors along all, our road. Yeah. It's <laughs> all the all, definitely a lot of onions coming out of the Candeliano Valley from Old Beppe Bianchini. So um, we have that to do. So I have to set up the irrigation system and and get that going. The, the uh, potatoes have sprouted. Oh, our our uh, rucola and the bietola and the carrots. carrots. And all that has sprouted. We got another good rain today, so that's... The fava is looking okay. You could see where the line wasn't straight. It's really funny from... Because the garden, you can look down from the house and the outdoor kitchen. Um, the house sits up how far above the road? I don't know. It just sits above the above, road. It sits above the road, which looks out over the field and the garden. And it's funny because you could see one of the lines of the fava... Because it's the only thing green in the garden right now that's coming up. And so it just catches your eye. And then one line's super straight and the other one kind of goes real wonky on <laughs> But um, when you're down there, I'm sure it doesn't matter. But it just caught my eye today. <laughs> I'll give Gaji a hard time. He you always should. says you can tell... Well, we'll find out who uh, if you did it straight. <laughs> Uh, so the garden will go in. Um, we'll start putting it in next year. We won't make the mistake of a few years ago and and putting all the tomatoes in this early because uh, we got the fr- we got a frost. Uh, it's only the beginning of April. Are you guys crazy? Why are we nice. even talking about tomatoes? Yeah, I know. Oh my god! I'm excited though. <laughs> so is Gaji. You both. This is going to be disastrous. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, what else we have going on is we've got our in April. It, well, it is April. God. 
end of April, we're doing our bottling wine and foraging for wild greens package and a sold out yoga group. We hope the weather stays nice for them too. And then throughout May, if anyone's interested in a last minute spring getaway, we have a two night spring May special to check out. If you're going to be in the area, it's a good one to do. Absolutely. Um, the, 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 I don't know. I totally lost my train. Of I think thought. Jason's starting to lose it. It's been a, a long few days, and this cooking class went a lot longer than expected. <laughs> we were enjoying our time with them and lingered a bit longer. Yeah, there was no reason to like to rush. rush. No, so... it was very Italian. You know, they got late here late, and we and, and we just didn't rush and took a break for some meat and cheese and. Made our way to the pizza. And next thing you know, the day the day is Exactly. Done. Next thing you know, it's 445 and we're firing it up for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Bring us home and then you're going to do another installment of our. Uh... Yes. Stay tuned for the next chapter of the book. Um, all right. You can reach us at latavolamarche.com. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. You can shoot me an in email at info at com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Insta, latavalamarque. All right. Don't go anywhere. Ashley will be reading the next chapter of her book, and we're going to go have something to eat because we didn't eat, but you'll Stop never know that. Sausages. You'll never know that because it's going to take literally one second. Okay. I'm going to read a few we call chapter summaries. So this will give you a bit of, there's a lot of chapters in this unpublished book. And I thought if I give a few chapter summaries, we can kind of skip ahead a bit quicker to get to the meat and potatoes. So here we go. Chapter six, the dreaded visa office. Just when we think we are set to move and are investor free, thanks to a long-term lease, contract. We don't need the capital. There is the drama. Of course there was at the Italian consulate visa office in New York. We're sorry to inform you. Your appointment has been canceled. Please contact our office to reschedule after the new year. That's it. That's all it said. An email from the consulate's office brought me to tears at the thought that after all we've been through, now we have to deal with bullshit with our visa. I had learned from watching Fabio be dramatic. I sent off a passionate email to the consulate general himself. Might as well go straight to the top, I thought. I beg of you, sir, we, to help us fulfill our dreams. We are a young couple that loves Italy and wants to make it our home. I continued on and on. However, due to a faulty online translator, <laughs> I later found out that I actually wrote, that we are street beggars requesting a visa to fulfill our dream of being self-employed on the streets of your beautiful country. I guess that's why he canceled our apartment, our appointment. Ultimately, Fabio had to clean up our mess, and in doing so, added a little of his own dramatic flair. It was autumn in New York, and the leaves were changing color. We had been so consumed with moving and our future. It was really important for me to enjoy these last months in the States and appreciate being in the moment, even in crazy New York. I was surprised at how emotional Jason got at the end. As we walked out of our apartment for one last time, this little shitbox that was our solace in New York, Jason actually got choked up and said with confusion, aren't you going to say goodbye? 
He was hoping I had some sentimental parting words to close this chapter of our lives. With my bag in hand, I walked past him with a smile, eight years of memories flashing by, and said, I have been, and I'm ready to go. With our boxes on a ship to Italy, we once again drove across the country on our Farewell America tour, saying goodbye to family and friends in good old America. Moving on to winter. Okay, this is the real chapter one. The previous were the preludes. Winter, chapter one. Benvenuti a casa. Welcome home. The Delta 767 wheels touched down on a bumpy landing. I squeezed Jason's hand and with a big smile, whisper in relief, we did it. Quickly brushing away the lone tear making its way down my cheek. We now officially live in Italy. I can't believe it. We really pulled it off. I can see the terminal. We're almost off this flight and on the road. I'm so excited. I can barely keep my seatbelt on until the fasten safety belt sign is turned off. I throw caution to the wind, risk FAA arrest, unbuckle and throw my arms around Jason and say, now let's go home. We have arrived in Milan, bursting with excitement and eager to start one hell of a new chapter in our lives. Thank God we can now breathe after a year and a half of preparation, research, freakouts, Italian bureaucracy, anxiety, fundraising, losing it all, and believing with every fiber that we could do it. We are now here on terra firma. We have just enough money left to get us started, laying in the supplies, etc., and a few months worth of rent, and then we must start making euros to survive. With one suitcase per person, we're traveling rather light for a transatlantic move of a lifetime. At the baggage claim, we pick up more than one, more than our luggage. We meet my sister, Megan, two inches taller and two years younger. People either think we're twins or po- not possibly related. We couldn't agree more. She's the quieter one or I was always took center stage, happy to perform. I'm hoping this time together we'll change our family roles and that we'll bond as adults. With my husband and sister by my side, I wheel my carry-on out the doors and fling my arms open. Benvenuti, I shout into the clear blue sky. I can't help but sing it loud. Ain't nothing gonna stop us now. <laughs> yes, I'm quoting the theme song from the 80s hit movie, Mannequin. So we've just conquered a world of status quo, and we're about to do something incredible with our lives. So hell yeah, turn it up. Two comrades joined in. My two comrades joined in. Ain't nothing gonna stop us now. And just like that, I'm immediately pulled back to the reality with the sound of a whining horn and Megan screaming as Jason slams on the brakes to avoid being sideswiped by a maniac going 130 kilometers an hour, weaving in and out of rush hour traffic while talking frantically to the person next to him with both hands flailing in the air. After five and a half hours in the car, a 12-hour flight... And planning for a year and a half, I want more than anything to sleep that first night in our new home. God, I hope there's sheets. I didn't even think about that. Holy shit, there's snow, Jason exclaimed as we exited the expressway. I didn't expect that. Pulling into the driveway, we meet Fushiani's brother and spitting image, Alessandro, 
and along with his wife, curious to see if the Americans really do exist. That's when we learned our first Italian phrase, tubi gelati. And unfortunately, it's not a flavor of ice cream like I thought, but a sign that we can't move into our house anytime soon because our pipes are frozen. Thankfully, Fabio comes to the rescue again. I'm not going to lie, this deflated my excitement quite a bit. It's a reminder that this is still an uphill battle. Chapter 2. First Christmas in Italy. Finally, we move into our first home on Christmas Day. The pipes have thawed. We had big plans for a proper Christmas dinner, but who knew the grocery stores in Italy would be closed days before and after Christmas due to all those damn saints' days. It's turned out not to matter because we ran out of natural gas. The tank was going to be full, we were assured. No heat, no hot water, no stove or oven, all powered by gas. Equals a not-so-festive holiday. Rather than the legendary Christmas feast we had envisioned, we rationed a bag of what's called snack friends, a salty pretzel bread snack mix, and two slices of pizza between three grumpy, ravenous foreigners. I didn't think it was possible to starve in Italy, but I just might. Oh, I said while removing a forest of cobwebbed, flaked flower, fake flowers tacked to damn near every wall in the house and slowly losing feeling in my fingertips. That first night, we quickly learned that a stone farmhouse may be charming from the outside, but is freezing ass cold in the winter, especially without any heat. Walking around with this big, quiet stone farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, my sister and I started thinking about the Freddy Krueger factor. You know, the classic story of young 20-somethings with big boobies in the country in a big house all alone. That's how it always starts. Jason instead consults us by reassuring, you two should be more afraid of the wild animals than any crazy white knife-wielding psycho waiting in the woods. It was honestly a bit of a downer. We were cold, hungry, without any holly or jolly, and none of us were getting Christmas presents that year. Your gift is that you live in Italy. Jason has since used this line for every Valentine's Day as well. With lips stained red thanks to a discovery of over a hundred bottles of wine in the cantina and an armful of wood that was left in the outdoor kitchen, we climbed the steps to bed, gathering mattresses, pillows, and blankets we made a makeshift tent in front of the fireplace and slept there for warmth, taking shifts all night to keep feeding the fire. I honestly thought you could just flip a switch and a house could be warm. Falling asleep, sandwiched between my sister and husband, in a, you know, in a totally normal way, <laughs> I couldn't help but smile in the dark. There was nothing to be afraid of. Are you still awake? I whispered into the icy air. Mm-hmm, the two murmured in unison. Can you even believe we're here? We have so much to do tomorrow. Jay. How incredible, though. Seriously, this is our first house. Doesn't that just blow you away? I can't stop thinking about all the lists we need to make. I continued rambling on with the grunts of acknowledgement along with until my eyes were heavy and Jason started snoring. 
We had no clue what we had gotten ourselves into. We just knew this was only the beginning. I love you guys. Good night. Buonanotte. And by the 6th of January and the festival of La Bafana, we were starting to feel at home and well-fed. We bundled up and visit our neighboring village of Urbana. Flickering with white Christmas lights, cast a festive glow over the cramped cobblestone streets of this tiny medieval village. Oversized stockings hang from every window, and the cold air is heavy with the smell of delicious roasted chestnuts. Feels good to be mixing and mingling with the people since we've been cooped up in the house, just the three of us cleaning for days. With a glass of spiced wine in hand, we buy a wheel of creamy local pecorino, sheep's milk cheese, fresh pasta from an ice guy named Ugo, a thick hunk of mortadella, the best bologna you've, bologna you've ever tasted, and wild boar sausages. Finally, stocking our kitchen with some food rations. It was so festive and fun, and just what we needed to remind us of why we were living in Italy, to enjoy the simple pleasures. Chapter 3, Fabio's Office. Fabio begins to teach us how business is done in Italy. We sit for countless hours in our commercialista's office, staring at a horrible abstract painting the entire time, filled with total confusion of how to not only start a business and the shady Italian tax laws, but how to buy a cell phone and create an outgoing message. We didn't have a clue. He diligently explains the intricacies of an agriturismo tax structure while systematically installing our SIM card. And all the I's need to be dotted, T's crossed, and a shitload of signatures and stamps involved. It seems like every other certificate or document, admission of the Chamber of Commerce, dues for the Farmers Union, paying into the system for retirement and health care, and on and on. The numbers were adding up faster than I could do the math. There is another document you must sign and get notarized. This will cost another 200 euros. It needs to be done tomorrow, Fabio would say. Behind closed doors, Jace and I are counting every centesimo we spend. After making a shopping list for the house twice as long as we expected, anxiety begins to set in for Jason. I had no idea all these other costs would come on so quickly. I begin to worry a bit, too. Thankful that I don't have to care about the latest fashion any longer. I'll just keep rocking these same old jeans another day. No need to wash them. <laughs> I don't even know the last time I read it a U.S. Weekly. Or, oh, Us Weekly. On top of our financial fears, Jason and I develop an unnatural phobia of the phone. Because Italians talk so damn fast and have an immediate response to hearing it ring. Paper, rock, scissors for whoever has to answer it. Nothing comes easy when you don't speak the language. It would be one thing moving to Italy to retire without a care in the world, but starting a business is just insanely exhausting at times. Our Italian lessons in New York never prepared us for discussing our plumbing problems with Ruggiero, negotiating rent with Fusciani, or bartering for wood or even pumping gas. I would get bits and pieces of sentences and look at Jason hoping he had understood more than me. What did you get in that whole conversation? Because I got something about a green tree and we've committed to doing something on Wednesday. Or was it Tuesday? I definitely think it was Wednesday. I think. 
<laughs> Since I struggled in person having a conversation, a telephone call without the help of Jason listening to was a goddamn nightmare. I sounded like a freaking kindergartner. I vented to my sister after a particularly difficult call with the bank. Oh, I used to love the days when I'd call Verizon and dispute a bill. I reveled in those moments of bitchdom. Now I could barely pull together a fragmented sentence. I must sound ridiculous. How could anyone take me seriously? I think the cold and the stress is getting to us all. One morning, my sister declares, Francis Mays is full of shit. She could shove that Tuscan sun up her ass. This is not as great as you said it would be. She looked utterly ridiculous in wool socks, pulled over her long blue underwear, three layers of shirts, and her head in a pot. The pipes were frozen. I repeat, the pipes were frozen, and I was washing her hair. I responded full of faith. It will be. I was certain. If you build it, they will come. Well, if they come, let's hope the pipes aren't frozen. Zing! I playfully snapped back, all the while helping my sister wash her hair. All right, we will end there for today. And the next podcast, I will continue on. I'll give you a teaser. Chapter four, The Wood Bandits is next, followed by The Hunting Season. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast from Italy and the untitled, unpublished, unfinished book of our move to Italy. Ciao, arrivederci. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.